0: Good morning, church. As I look around, I see a lot of people that does not, that do not own boats. (laughs) Sacrifice, I hear you. I was going to say, don't feel alone. We're in this together, okay? You're out. Sorry. (laughs) Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for coming. Um, And uh, I just, um, I'm excited to see what God's going to do in this message uh, today. Um, as we've been going through the series, faith and fear, and uh, one of the things is is just encouraging everybody to take their next steps. And it's so easy um, in the world we live in, and I think really the church culture in which we've, a lot of us have grown up in, that we think that all we have to do is take the first step, and nothing else matters, right? All right, I know, I know, I know this is slack, but y'all got to speak to me now. You know what's going to happen. I promised everybody we we're going to be out here early, and so y'all got to help me on this, okay? You with me, Melissa? You with me? All right. All right. We're going to call you out today. Um, the thing is, it's easy to get caught up in that. It's easy to get caught up in thinking that all I have to do is take one step and that's it because that's what we see everywhere else. But yet, God's called us to take steps every day. Every day growing closer to him. Every day walking closer to him. That The, the longer you live this on this earth and the more you follow Christ, people should be able to see a difference in your character where it went from being all about you to now your life is about something greater than you. Amen? And as you start to do that, it's always taking those next steps. And if you don't take those next steps, you're missing out. And you know, I, I know a lot of times I'm up here and I'm preaching hard. I'm, I'm, I'm yelling some days, most days, um, about just harping on the fact of, of, that we're real, that we're authentic. I know I've had, I've, had, I've had people say, you know, it's like you're preaching the same message every Sunday. And I think the thing is, is what's in my heart so much is I, I want you to know my heart in this is I don't want you to miss out on the greatest thing ever in your life, and that's walking with Jesus. And I don't want to come in here and you to think that I'm just, it's, a, it's just, a, you know, it's, it's okay if you do what you want to. No, it's not okay. Because I want you to encounter the Jesus that I encountered. I want you to encounter the presence of the God that, that I come in contact with every week. I want you to feel that. But I know you won't feel that if you're not taking those steps every day walking with Him. If, you can, if you're okay with just being in the church, coming to church on Sunday, you will always walk out of here. Feel like, damn, that was good. And Monday, being the same person you always have been, there's no change. There's no, you don't experience God's power. And the only way we experience that in our life is if we are taking steps of obedience every single day. And that's what he's called us to do. And that's how he's called us to be. And I know it's tough with the world around you. Everybody else is, just, is trying to call you back to what you once were. I understand that. Everybody else is saying, man, to be a, be a Christian in today's culture, it looks radical, it looks so different. So when you start standing out, people are like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you come back to doing this? Why don't you start doing things this way? And, and so everybody's shouting for you to come back to the old you. It's hard when you feel like the tide is pushing against you every day. I mean, am I in this by myself? It's hard. Life is hard. And if we're not intentionally taking those steps, if we're just standing still, you know, I've noticed that when I go to the beach, if I just stand still, everything around me starts eroding because the waves are going back out. If you're standing still and not moving forward, eventually you're going to fall. Because your hope is in you and what you're doing right this moment. You've had just enough to to get you out of hell, so you think. And so you're okay with the little bit of Jesus you know right now. And Jesus says, I came and died so you may have life and have it more abundantly. Not so you would have fire insurance. You know, He wants you to walk in a relationship with him so that you know him on a deep, personal level. And that's what God's called us to be and that's what God's called all of us to do. But you won't do that, playing it safe. You won't do that with, with not personally just pursuing God. You know, and I know a lot of people that, that uh, especially my age, people that, that uh, they're just they're running from from partner to partner to partner, relationship to relationship to relationship. And I'm like, what is wrong? Why, why can't you find somebody and just commit to that person? And a lot of us have a problem with commitment. i ain't going to make ends on that one. Emma. We have problems with commitment. We don't want to commit to nothing. And Jesus is like, "You have to commit your life to me. If you're not committing your life to me, then you're not going to follow me. You're not going to change. You're not going to love me like I have demanded you to love me, because I loved you enough to go to the cross for you. I love you enough so that if you trust and obey me and follow me, then you will have eternal life. Not if you just play this game. So, so how do we how do we continue to take those steps? I know some of you are like, I want to take the next step in, in, in my walk with Christ. I want to be able to, there's something in all of our lives right now that's holding you back from becoming what God's called you to be. Whether that's fear of acceptance, whether that's fear of failure, whether that's fear of not feeling like you're good enough, not smart enough, of what people are going to think of you, whatever that thing is, Maybe there's something in your past that keeps haunting you, keeps telling you that, that you're not going to be any, that you can't be closer, there's not. you're not going to become anything. Maybe it's those things. All of us have something. And if you're not, if you're saying, that's not me, then you're prideful and you're lying to yourself today. Because all of us have something that's holding us back from reaching our potential that God's called us. He didn't call us to this mediocrity stuff that we're, we're handling every day. I, it gets on my nerves when I see people that, that are just like, I was like, what's God been speaking to you? And they're like... I don't know, man. He just ain't saying a whole lot. He's like, you know why he ain't saying a whole lot? Because you ain't saying a whole lot. Because if you're talking to him, he's going to talk to you. If you're pursuing him, he's going to pursue you. He sent Jesus to die for you. Why? Not for you to just say, I'm just going to just show up and go through the motions. No, he wants you to grow. And I wish somebody would have set me down and said that when I got saved in 2008 and said, Jeremy, it's not for you just to sit on a pew and, and come to church and Act godly is for you to live it and be godly, and you won't be godly unless you're taking those steps. So, so what does that look like? What does it look like? As we've been going through God's word, been going through these things, I want to read this text to you, and then we'll kind of break it down a little bit. In in First Samuel seventeen, I'm gonna give you a little backdrop before we get to it. What happens is we've been talking about this story. We're gonna keep beating the, beating this dead horse till you get it. But the thing is, is what happens is. The Israelites have come up against the Philistine army, and when they come against this army, they've got this, this giant named Goliath, and he pretty much scares the whole entire army. Everybody's scared to death, and they cannot move forward. They've been at this for 40 days. 40 days, this man will come up and defy God and defy the armies of God and was shouting out things to them. And what? All of a sudden, little old David comes rolling up on the scene. He's probably, he's a teenager. He walks up, and he's like, what are they doing? Full of faith, full of fire, full of desire, knowing God's, what God can do in people's lives. And when he was up there, he's like, what are y'all doing? And he hears Goliath. And he's like, I can't take this. If y'all won't do it, watch me work. You know what I'm saying? We need some people like that in the church. If you won't step, watch me, huh? They got a song about that. Ooh, watch me. I mean, I'm going to sing it. But, uh. <laughs> I'm sorry I kind of got back a little bit but that's the thing we got to tell people look if you ain't going to do it I am watch me work watch me go so when David rose up on the scene his brother attacks him personally starts attacking his heart his leader pretty much says you can't do it the struggle's real and in verse 33 so Saul replied, you're not able to go against this Philistine and fight him because you're young, you're your own young man. And he has been in war from the youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried the sheep off from the flock, I went after it, struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be one of them. It's confidence because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord will rescue me from the paw. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. See, David was not afraid of of that giant. Why was he not afraid of that giant? Everybody else was. Everybody else would tell him that he couldn't do it. Why did he have the courage to step? Why? How did that happen? And and I'll tell you, one of the things that I've realized is what happened is he, number one, he remembered. He remembered who he was serving. See, we got to go back and remember the faithfulness of God. Amen? When we face this junk in our life, when we face this world that's hitting us at 1,000 miles an hour, we have to remember God's faithfulness. He went back to the time. It, 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 he didn't say this isn't scary. He didn't say anything. He just said, look, I know what God did in the past. Amen? I know what God's delivered me from. I know where I was at. He, let me tell you, a little boy saying he beat up a lion and a bear, killed it. Bare bear hands. He bad, right? He bad. He, Rocky, Rocky ain't got nothing on him. So he says, I had my confidence. I've seen God take me from this trial and this tribulation, and he brought me to here. And you know what? I'm not scared of this. Even though I could die, I'm not scared of going against it because I have faith in what God has done in the past to endure me, to continue on in the future. And a lot of, a lot of reasons why a lot of us aren't taking those next steps is because, number one, either he hadn't done anything in your past or it's been so long since you talked to him, you can't remember it. See, I want to call you back to remembrance this morning. I want you to go back to the time where God changed you. Go back to the moment to where he saved you, when he touched you. You can remember that. Man, I'm getting, ooh, Holy Spirit touching me right now. I remember when he did that in my life. And that's what drives me a lot of times. This past week, stuff was hitting me, and I'm like, God, I don't know if I can continue. And I had to go back to when he saved me. And he was like, Jeremy, I saved you for a purpose, so stop complaining and get up. That's what a lot of us have to tell ourselves. Go back to the time. Go back to that last trial that you went through that you didn't think there was any way out of it, but yet God brought you through it. Amen? When you go back to, go back to, I remember when people that has cancer has had different diseases, when God's delivered them from that disease, they can have more faith than anybody else because you know why? They saw an opportunity in their life when there was no way out but God and they put their whole faith and trust in God, even though they were scared they may die, and God delivered them from that. You know what? They get up every morning with a different boldness and a different courage because they've seen the hand of God move. And a lot of reasons we don't experience that is because we don't have the faith to pray that. It's our faith. We have to go back and remember. So when you're standing there powerless and you're fearful, you don't know what to do, how you're gonna come Against this giant that's in your life. I don't know what that may be, but you have to go back and remember God's faithfulness and what He's done in the past. Amen? To give you the courage to take that step, to take that step. David had to go back and remember. He had to go back and remember. See, I want to tell you, faith always overcomes fear. Always. You can be fearful. But if you have faith in God, you know that all right, I'm either I'm scared to death right now, I'm fixing to make this step. I want to tell you a little secret. And Jenna's sitting on the front row, which, which jogged my memory, is that we sat in my living room praying to plant this church. And I want to tell you, we were scared to death because we thought we were going to look like a bunch of fools if this was wrong. And a lot of things that drove me was the faith of these women that were with us, saying God spoke to me in this oper- God spoke to me here, God spoke to me there not only was God speaking to me, but I was listening to how God was speaking to them and it gave me the courage to continue to step. But we always got to go back and remember. And we know whenever I start doubting, God, what am I doing? God, what, what, what's, what's happening here? I always have to go back to that moment where I know that God was speaking not only to me to, in Dallas, but to our wives. And that's what gives you the courage to continue. See, what do you need to go back and Remember? See hindsight' 2020 20. we can look at our past and be like, I shouldn't have done this, I shouldn't have done that. No doubt you probably shouldn't have done some of the things, but what was God doing in those things when you walked away from those things in order to make you who you are right now? See a lot of us are just hung. we just hung up on the past instead of realizing that the past should drive us to the future. God didn't want you to stay where you are man of God, woman of God, he wants you to grow into the likeness of Christ. And sometimes it's going through some harshness. Sometimes it's putting you in the face of a giant and and, and it's time for you to say, either I'm going to choose faith or I'm going to be like everybody else. I'm going to stand back and be scared to death. It it, it kills me looking at at Saul. Saul, King Saul, he saw the faithfulness of God. But yet he was powerless because he saw, he had all these men, they could have rushed in and killed him. But yet they were so scared by that one Big giant that looks so big. What's that giant in your life? Is it insecurity? Is it fear of failure? You know, a lot of you in this room won't step out and share your faith because your word somebody's going to bring up your past, who you once were. You know what you need to tell them? Shut up. In the name of Jesus. And you need to sit them down and say, Let me tell you who I once was. And you were exactly right of who I once was. You were exactly right of how I was. You were exactly right. But let me tell you who I am now. Let me tell you who I am right now. Let me tell you the faithfulness of God. You won't do that if you don't go back and remember what He saved you from. Amen? And God wants us to be that bold people. But we have to remember when? We have to remember. See, the next thing that David did, how he advanced, is the second thing, he remembered God's promises. See, a lot of us are so shallow in our faith with God that we don't know God's word enough to be able to stand on his promises. So we have to stand on what somebody else tells us his promises is. And if you sit there and listen to what somebody else said and what somebody else said and what somebody else said, eventually those promises have got so distorted and your faith is so weak because you haven't heard from the true God. You've heard that everybody else. You need to read this thing for yourself and say, you know, my God said this. My God said that. And I need to stand on the promises of God. There's a song about that. I'm not going to sing it, but there's a song about that. We've got to stand. See, I'm telling you, when you stand on the promises of God, it it takes courage and it takes trust, but those things equal faith. And a lot of reasons why we don't stand on the promises of God is because we don't have the faith to stand on the promises of God. We say we believe in 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 an all-powerful, almighty God. We say we believe that God can move mountains, but yet we won't ever pray for God to move a mountain. We, 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 say, we say that we believe God can save this community, but we won't pray for our neighbor next door. You know, I got challenged uh, um, a while back. A bunch of us were praying, and the guy said, you know the meanest, nastiest person in your community? And all of us were like, mm-hmm. It was like, do you think he's too far from the hand of God? And it was like he was just slapping me. He said, why don't y'all pray for him instead of complaining about him? I was like, okay. All right. And he said, write him down. And nobody was cheating. You know, when we was in high school, Mr. A, we were cheating. We was all writing our stuff down. We weren't looking to see what everybody was praying for. But everybody in that room was praying for the same man. And guess what happened? That man got saved. You know how he got saved? Because God's people took God's word and said, you know, God promised us, God's told us things to be obedient, and I'm going to stand on his promises, and that man come to the saving faith of Jesus Christ. Not because we were just sitting there on a church pew on our hands, waiting on him to come, waiting on the preacher to do his thing. No, it was from the ordinary people sitting on the pew that remembered the power of God and said, you can do this, and I want you to use me as a vessel, and God, I pray in the name of Jesus, just like you saved me, you can save him. And you know what? That man knows Jesus Christ. How would our community be different if we remembered what God has done in our lives? I want you to go back and think about the promises that God has. I mean, the thing was with, with God's promises is that he gives us promises all through his word. And he says, it, if it's in here, we can believe it. Amen? Amen. We have to walk in it. Amen? And he gives us those promises to give us courage, to know that I have a God that has written down, down these promises that says that if you believe in me and if you do these things, then these things will happen, amen? And see, one of the things that, that kills me is the reason we don't do it is because we lack the trust and we, don't, we, we lack the courage, so then we won't change. See, a lot of times when we haven't seen God change a situation, probably isn't, it probably isn't a fact of lack of action, it's like a lack of faith. We can be doing a lot of stuff, but if we don't have faith that our works, what we're doing, is going to change anyone, we can I can I can go and I can be nice to everybody on the street, but if I'm not sitting there praying for those people, what am I doing? See, I go back and remember the promises of God. See, Israel had come to battle. They'd been so overtaken by this enormous obstacle that they had lost the faith in the way out. See, God was the only way out. This giant was right here, and the only way out of this was either death and being defeated or remembering. Who brought him here? The promises of God and them defeating the giant and moving on. See, some of you are at a crossroads right now where you gotta make a decision. Either I'm gonna allow this to defeat me, or I'm gonna remember the word of God, and I'm gonna project myself on past this. Amen? That's what God's calling us to be. But Israel got to this place. See, some of us have been walking with the Lord so long. We've been walking with the Lord so long that we've taken him for granted. We've become self-reliant. I got this. I can do this. Come on. Come on. Be be real. Be honest with me. Y'all can nod your head? And and so in being self-reliant, we're saying, God, I am God, and you just stand back there and watch me work. We put ourselves in the place of God. And then when we fall short, it's, oh, God, what happened? You know why? Because you forgot about God. And he's going to let you fall make you, to make you understand who God is. See, David came in full of faith, full of courage, and with boldness. That only comes from remembering the promise of God. And I remember in, in 2 Peter, you ready? 2 Peter 1.4 says this, says, whereby... are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of this world. How are we going to escape the corruption of this world? Remember what God said. we got to remember God's promises. One of the greatest pieces of advice a pastor ever gave me was he said, Jeremy, some days you just got to preach to yourself. And I was like, that's ridiculous. What are you talking about? So you got to preach to yourself. You got to remember what God said when you read His Word, and you've got to preach to yourself. And you know, in some instances, I got to do that. And I'm riding down the road. If you ever see me in the truck, just doing my hands like this, you know, Jeremy's in there preaching to himself. Because you got to. Get, sometimes you get to a, such a low spot, such a low place. You think everybody's against you, nobody's for you. You have to go back and say, you know what, my God says, Amen. My God says that if my God be before me, who be against me? My God's got all these promises that he's promised. I'm going to quote some right quick. Number one, he, he, he promised eternal life. That's something to be excited about, amen? 1 First John 2.25 First says, and this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. That if the, those of us truly want to know Jesus and follow him, we will have eternal life. He didn't say he promised us the easy life, did he? But eternal life. God promised us forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That he forgives us of our sins. If we truly are following Jesus, we truly want him to be the God of our life, he will forgive us of our sins. Man, that's bold right there. When you feel like you're inadequate and you feel like that you've done so much bad stuff that he can never forgive you, you need to remember that if you're truly following Jesus, he loves you and he forget, he's done forgot about all that junk. Amen? Stop allowing the, your past to define who you are. God doesn't remember that. And you know what we do? We come to the altar and we're, we keep praying these, Lord, forgive me this. And he's like, oh, what are you talking about? I, what, I've removed that as far as the east from the west. What, what are you talking about if we truly have walked away from it? But the problem a lot of us have, we truly haven't walked away from it. And we're constantly walking in guilt. And instead of walking in that maybe, that, maybe that right there is your giant today. The next promise is that God can do the impossible. Luke 18, 27 says, but he said that things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Man, that, that you should shout to that one, amen? There's a situation in your life right now that seems like you can't. it's not gonna get any better. The daughter's daughter's report is horrible. The job situation is bad, but you know what? With God, all things are possible. Put your faith in him, not in what you can do. Lean on those promises. God has promised us that for us to have new hearts and new desires. One of my favorite verses, Ezekiel 36, 26, it says, I have given you a new heart, and I put in you a new spirit within you. I will take out the heart of stone of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, he will take out the old carnal heart, and he will give you a new heart. And when you truly follow in Christ, he will take that out and give you a new one. Man, that's to me that I have to go back. I had to go back to that a lot of times when I'm questioning my faith, when I'm questioning, you know, because in our society right now it's a it's a success driven society, right? So if you're not successful, you're a failure. If you're not being, if you're not doing things like everybody else thinks you should do things, then they got this this. This lens on your eyes make you think you're a failure. And I got to go back to realize, you know what, God? I'm not a failure because you created in me a new heart. You've enabled me to walk this out. I can, I can be acceptable in your sight as long as I'm pursuing you and want that new heart to change my actions and my motives in which I live. Amen? Amen? I'm going to pull it out of you today. We've got to remember that, that God's given me a new heart. God's given me a new life. See, that's, that right there should give you confidence in your salvation if you truly have new desires and new heart. But a lot of us have grown up in religion and grown up in this whole South Georgia good old boy thing, everybody's going to heaven. No, that's a lie. And that's why it's so important that we have to examine our lives and say, is there a difference? Is there a change? Is there a new heart in me? Have I really got that? Because without it. You can't, you can't stand on the promises of God because he's not promised it to you. He promises it those who follow him and trust in him and believe in him. He promises the Holy Spirit. Luke eleven thirteen 13 says that, that if you if then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God gives us the Holy Spirit to enable us to walk this thing out. It's a promise of God. It's not, I have to be good enough to get the Holy Spirit. If you're truly pursuing God, he's going to give you the Holy Spirit. The more you want of God, the more your mind will acknowledge the Holy Spirit, the more you will grow, the more you will be able to be led by the Holy Spirit. But it's all about those next steps you take. God promised it to you, church. See, that's I see a lot of people that's taken that first step and they've never really been able to to fathom how they can change and how you can allow God to lead you. There's a lot of people that will never, ever encounter the blessings of this abundant life, seeing God do stuff through you that could not be done any other way because they choose to play it safe on on the sideline and not allow the Holy Spirit to change them and lead them. You know, I used to, I grew up in 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 I grew up in, in church and, and where a lot of times it was like you talked about the Holy Spirit, it was about the, you know, almost I felt like that was what these crazy people believe. You know, until I married one of them. My wife was a Pentecostal and I started going to Pentecostal church. And when I went to Pentecostal church, I was like, oh my Lord, what's going on up in here? But I felt something I never felt before. I experienced something I never experienced before. You know what it made me realize? There's something to this. See, where I was at was dead, dry, nothing. But I'm walking in this newness, and there's this, there's this Holy Spirit. There's this freedom. There's this passion. There's this man, I don't know, but I, I don't know what this is. But if this is what God is all about, then I want it. It took that. But see, it don't have to be a service. It can be an encounter somebody encountering you, me and you filled with the Holy Spirit. You walking in that joy. You walking in that peace. But you have to say, Lord, Holy Spirit, use me. Holy Spirit, manifest yourself in me. Amen. See, I start talking about the Holy Spirit. Y'all start, oh, getting all freaked out over here on me. But I'm telling you, you will never know the closeness and a true relationship with God apart from a true relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can't divorce that from the Trinity. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And if He didn't want you to have the Holy Spirit, he wouldn't have said that there was those three in one. Amen. So it's time for us, a lot of us, your next step is to be like, you know what, God? I've been hard hearted. I've been blinded, and I want you to, I want you to open my eyes to, to who you really are, Holy Spirit. I want you to open my eyes to what you can do in my life. Speak to me. Help me be sensitive. Maybe that's your next step today. Another promise is that God will take care of your day-to-day needs. If you put the clock on there for me, please? I don't want to preach till 2 o'clock because I can do it. proud. Y'all didn't amen me on that one. That's good. Matthew 6 says this, says, therefore, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you all need these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, its own things. Sufficient for this day is its own trouble. And if some of you thinking, that's easy for you to say because you're a worrier. You're full of anxiety. And when you, when people quote that verse, you feel like, you know what? I'm a failure. I don't have faith. Or I'm, I'm, I'm just a worrier. You know what? I am too. I have become that way this past year and a half. I used to look at people and be like, what is wrong with you? But then when, I don't know why, but I'm starting to have those, I used to not care about nothing. And now it's like I care about everything. I don't, I don't know. It don't make sense. I'm I having an identity crisis. Y'all pray for me. But the thing is, What I have to go to, and I really think God's allowed me to experience this so I can relate to people that I couldn't relate to before, but let me tell you what I have to do. When I start getting overwhelmed, when I find my stomach's in a knot, when I am in a tizzy, my wife says I am no fun to be around when I'm this way, by the way, but I am just like, I am just I got all this stuff that I wanted to get done, I couldn't get it done, I'm just just in a wreck inside. You know what I got to do? I got to take a deep breath, and I got to say, All right, God, your word says this. If you're going to take care of them spares, I know you're going to take care of me. God, I know that, I know your word says this. I know that, that if I draw near to you, that you're gonna draw near to me, God. Lord, I'm coming to you right now, and God, I'm a wreck right now. I need you to take this away from me for I can, for I can walk in peace because I know you've called me to be a man that walks in peace and not a, a, a mental wreck. Amen? You got to call the promises out. You got to be bold about it because Satan wants you to think that you're powerless. You, all you can do is live in it, and there's never gonna be a change. But when you start calling out the promise of God, and you, know, you know what happens in my life? A peace begins to hit me that list it was so important now it's not important anymore and sometimes my wife has to be the voice of the holy spirit be like Jeremy you need to slow your roll but you know when she does that i'm like you know what that's god speaking through her let me lord change me come on i'm talking real to you today just because you worry just because you struggle just because you 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 worry about life doesn't mean that you're not accepted in God's eyes. It just means that sometimes our faith wavers because of our circumstances. And the closer you grow to God, the more that those things will become easier to overcome. But you have to cling to the promises of God. And I have to do that daily some days. And you know, it seemed like right after I get over this first little worrisome attack I have, I'm walking in peace, and then somebody else calls me. And I'm like, oh, Lord, and he's like, I just forgot what he just told me. It's a struggle, but it's taking those next steps, not being frantic by fear, because you know what? If I allowed the worries of today keep me, I would never see tomorrow, and a lot of us are so ineffective in our witness with God because we're so worried about things instead of giving those things to God, and I know when people say, well, you know what's wrong with you? You just got to pray more. You know what? I want to punch people to say that. Because I prayed, I prayed and 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 nothing's happened. You know what? God's saying, you know what? You've prayed, but not only do you need to pray, but you need to take action. Amen? You got to take those steps. And some of us, we've been, we've been complaining. We've been saying all these things. We've been giving all our worries to God. and Nothing's changed. And God's saying, you know what? You gotta, you're saying, God, you're asking me to deliver these things from, from you, but you know what? You need to walk away from those things. You need to start pursuing me. And, when you, and, and God wants us to be, oh, this is for somebody, I don't know who it is, it might just be for me too, but the thing is, God wants us to be so dependent upon him, so dependent upon him that we realize that every breath we take, he just gave it to us. Because if you're so dependent upon him, then everything you do will be because of him, amen? So the reason that a lot of us worry, even myself, is because I'm doing things in my own ability, and I'm not walking in faith. I'm walking in my own selfishness because I'm trying to control things. And when I can't control things, it upsets me. Come on now. And we live in a generation of warriors that we need to hold on to this promise of God and say, you know what? If he's going to take care of the birds, he's going to take care of me. I might not drive a Maserati, but I can drive a Ford, amen, or Chevrolet. That's the thing. We want, we, want, we, we, we want to sit there and say, oh, God ain't blessing me because we don't live in a 7,000-square-foot I mean house. or We're driving a $70,000 car. But God's blessed you. If you're above ground today, he's blessed you. If you have family that loves you, He blessed you. If you have a job, he's blessed you. I can keep making a list, but a lot of times we're ungrateful. And that's why we worry a lot of times. That's why I worry sometimes. I'm ungrateful for what he's brought me through and what he's doing in my life. So God's called us to stand on his promises. The last thing I think we have to do is we have to remember who's fighting for us. Amen? The way we're going to keep taking our next steps is we have to remember who's fighting for us. If we're thinking we're fighting this battle on our own, we're going to fail every day. Amen? we got to remember, he, see, that's what happened to Saul. Verse 33, Saul replied, you're not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You're not able to. David knew he wasn't able to. David also knew that he wasn't able to defeat that lion and that bear. But he knew that somehow God enabled him to. Somehow that it happened. Somehow he had the courage to stand up and he said, you know what, this isn't gonna defeat me and God came through. And a lot of times God's not coming through in your situation because you're like Saul just saying, I can't, I can't. And you know what, of course you can't, but God can. A lot of reasons we're powerless not taking steps is because our faith is so weak. Saul had saw, Saul had seen all the faithfulness of God. He had seen him deliver armies into his hand. He had seen all these things, but somehow Saul got off and life become more about Saul than it became about God. And because of that, he hardened his heart and God removed him. How many of us are going through situations that we're going through right now because we want to remain in control. Do We want to fight the battles ourselves. You know why? Because we want to pridefully say, I did this. I got through this. I, that's the, our biggest problem, is I. You know, when I raised my hand and I said, I want to follow Jesus, you know what happened? Is I buried the I and I picked up the hymn. because I know that I can't do this and I had to die so that I could walk with him. Amen? And if I'm always, we're always trying to resurrect the I instead of elevating the him. We want to bring back the old me. We want to bring back the self-reliance instead of realizing that it's not about me. It's not about what I can do, but it's about what God can do in us and through us. So if I'm going to be all he wants me to be, if I'm going to be who he's called me to be, Let me tell you what, man and woman of God, it's in this room. God has more plan for your life than you could ever imagine. But you've got to take those steps and not allow fear to captivate you and paralyze you. And the only way that's gonna happen is you have to remember who's fighting for you. If God be for you, who be against you, amen? And if God's got great plans for you, God says, I've got great plans for you we got to remember that. God's got great plans for me. And you know where I'm at right now? might be in a bad place, but I'm not going to be here long, praise God. I've got got greater days ahead of me because I have a God that loves me. I have a God that has promised me victory, amen? If I'm following him, if I'm pursuing him, if he is greater than I am, if I have allowed him to elevate himself over me, if he is Lord of my life, if he has increased and I have truly decreased, then I will walk in victory. Amen. But it's always remembering. My memory's horrible. And I always have to remember. I have to remember what God's done. Remember what He's done in the past. But you know what's awesome about this? Is even when our memory's bad, God's not. Saul forgot. The Israelites forgot the promise of God, but they sent David in to show them somebody that didn't forget. There's somebody in your life right now that you know that's hanging on to the promise of God. That's why some of you still have faith right now because you see the faith of somebody else. And God's called us to be unified, amen, to be a body of believers walking in unison together. So if you see a brother or sister that's falling down, that's marred down by fear, that don't think that they can get up, you got to come alongside of them. You got to remember, remind them the promises of God, amen? Amen. That's what David had to do. He was like, Saul, that God delivered me from the hands of the lion. He, he, the God that delivered me from these things, He's going to deliver me from this and, and the whole in you too, because I have faith. Some people can't make it through a situation on their own. They have to see your faith through it and it allows them to come through. But the only way that happens church is that we have to remember God. We have to remember the past we got to remember his faithfulness. We've got to remember his promises. We've got to remember that he's fighting for us. If you're here today and you might be a new believer and you're like, you know what, I've been following Jesus. I don't, I don't have anything to remember. You know what, you go back to when, you, when he called you out of the darkness into the light. Remember that. Remember who you were before that. You might not be walking through a lot of junk right now, but you will. God's called us to be people that are rememberers of how great God is. And as long as we can remember what God's done, we can always be ready to step out into what He's gonna do. Amen? And some of you don't know Jesus. Some of you don't know God. Some of you need to surrender your life to God. That's you this morning. you have faith in Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Have a seat right there. There's a lot of faith to stand up, a lot of guts to stand up and say, you know what? That's me. I I, I want that. Some of you have been walking in a dry place for way too long. Do you want that? Do you want to have somebody that you know that's got your back no matter what? Is that what you want? Do you want to know that you know when I'm in a bad place that all I have to do is call on the name of God because I'm walking with him? Religion won't save you. Only Jesus will. So salvation is what you need. It is what you need. If it's what you want, then today's the day. I'm going to be standing up here. Be bold enough to stand up and come and talk to me. Let's pray. I want to pray with you, help you, lead you. We're fixing to do communion in just a second Do we remember what Jesus has done for us. We're going to give you some time to pray, some time to respond. The altar is right here. If God's moving in your heart, if there's stuff in your life right now that you know that's been holding you back, then maybe it's it's time for you to take that bold step and say, all right, God, do whatever it takes to remove this out of my life. It's all in your hands. A lot of reasons why we don't experience God's is because we don't want to. So I'm going to, I'm going to pray. We're going to open this up for just a little while as Andrew plays softly. You do what God's called you to do. You do business that's on your heart. And don't allow the fear of man to keep you in your seat. So I'm going to ask you to do something. Y'all stand up with me. And I want you to just stand in your spot. And I want you to think about what the message and think what, do you have something to remember? If you don't have anything to remember, then maybe you need to come and say, Lord, save me so I can remember this moment from now on. The biggest thing is that you don't allow your past to define who you are. And maybe you need to go and cleanse those promises today. So let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now, Lord. And God, I thank you for just your heart and how you love us. God, you are God. You are the alpha, the omega, the beginning, and the end. And, Lord, you are so worthy. And, God, I pray today, Lord, that you would help us remember what you've done in our hearts. Help us remember the change you've made. in us. I pray, God, that you would help us remember, God, the victories that you have enabled us to overcome. Every struggle in our life that has become positive is because of you not because of our own will, not because of us. So, Lord, I pray today, Lord, that we would, Lord, if, if there's anybody in this room that has been thinking that they did that, then, Lord, you will humble them today and make them realize that it was you. Help us, Father, be people that are bold enough to take our next steps, bold enough to be faithful, bold enough to be true. So, Father, as we sit here right now, God, preparing our hearts to take communion, prepare in our hearts, Lord, to to really, Lord, want to remember what you've done for us and through us Lord? I pray God that you would search every heart in this room and we would all search our hearts and if there's anything in our hearts Lord that doesn't please you then God we would get rid of it right now so that we'd be pleasing in your sight and God I thank you for my sister that just came up and said that she believes and she wants to be baptized God that is so awesome because she didn't fear anybody but you So Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, convict and change us. In your name, I pray. I'll continue to pray. Continue to seek God. Like I said, if you need, if you realize that you're not saved, you need Christ, I'll be standing right here for a brief moment.
1: I need you to soften You say that you're good and your love is great. I'm broken inside. I give you my life. Maybe weak, but your spirit's strong in me.
0: As the connectors come forward, I know this may be different for some of you guys, how we do communion. I just want to give you a rundown of how we do it. I'll read the scripture and we'll go through the text. I want you to really think about the sacrifice Jesus made what we'll do is, is you'll fill out into a line if you're on this side you'll come to this couple if you're on this side you'll come to this, these people right here and God, when you come you'll take the bread you'll dip it in the wine, uh, the wine. we won't have wine sorry the, you'll dip it in the grape juice and you'll take it all in one action and you'll go and sit in your seat and we'll have somebody to, to just, just sit there and think about and remember and then we'll have somebody to and when everybody's done we'll pray and we'll leave, okay? But one of the biggest things of remembering is as we look back into God's faithfulness in our lives, we should should come to God out of gratitude, right? We should come to God out of thankfulness, not out of obligation, not out of entitlement of saying, you did this, you had to do this. No, he didn't have to. And he chose to. And what I love about Jesus and his humility and how awesome he is, is that, right before his death he wanted to show and give his disciples a way to remember him every day. And he says this to his his disciples it says when the hour came and Jesus and the apostles were reclining at the table he said to them I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer for I tell you I will not eat again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup He gave thanks, and he said, take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, this is not, I tell you, I will not drink again, sorry, from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took a cup, saying, this is the this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And he's told them to do this in remembrance of me. He won't, he don't ever want us to forget the sacrifice that he paid for us. Because when we forget the sacrifice he paid for us, then it's cheap grace. We feel like we can live wrong and die right. And what God's calling us and what Jesus is trying to say is we need to always remember the blood that he shed for you. Always remember the beating that he took for you. Always remember the agony that he had for you. And as he was going to the cross, blood pouring out, every blood droplet that was coming out of his body was because of us. So, today, when you take this bread, don't think of it as just regular bread, but this is the body of Christ that was broken for your transgressions and mine so that we wouldn't continue to walk in sin, but we walk away from it. And as we digest it and it goes into our body, that's how the Holy Spirit should be. It should come into our body and and, and fulfill us. And as we take this wine, this drink, this grape juice. represents his blood. And how his blood paid it all. How his blood was the payment of our sin. And because of the blood of Jesus, we're covered. Amen? If you're not a believer of Jesus, I'll ask you to abstain from this. Because this is for people who believe in Christ. But if you truly believe in Jesus, you're walking with him, then I challenge you to come. And remember when Jesus paid it all. Come